Hey guys, what is up and welcome back to the show. Um, I decided to wait to make this episode until now because I wanted to let all the games play out in case there was anything that I kind of wanted to talk about from the Monday Night Football games. Um, but today we are recapping the entire top 25. I'll give like 20 to 30 seconds of opinions on each of the top 25 games from Saturday um, and then whatever el- whatever other games that were outside the top 25 that might have had some sort of importance. Um, and then we'll move on to Sunday and Monday, talk about a few of the NFL games, some of the Monday night stuff. Um, and so that's what we're talking about. It's a, it's much like the last episode, just minus the U.S. Open. And so, yeah, so today we're talking about college football, um, NFL football, college top 25, NFL, Monday night, all that type of stuff um, coming up on today's show. <laughs> decided to wait to make this episode until now because I wanted to let all the games play out in case there was anything that I kind of wanted to talk about from the Monday Night Football games. Um, but today we are recapping the entire top 25. I'll give like 20 to 30 seconds of opinions on each of the top 25 games from Saturday um, and then whatever el- whatever other games that were outside the top 25 that might have had some sort of importance. Um, and then we'll move on to Sunday and Monday, talk about a few of the NFL games, some of the Monday night stuff. Um, and so that's what we're talking about. It's a, it's much like the last episode, just minus the U.S. Open. And so, yeah, so today we're talking about college football, um, NFL football, college top 25, NFL, Monday night, all that type of stuff um, coming up on today's show. All right, so starting out with number one, Georgia versus South Carolina. Um, really not surprised at all that Georgia won. More surprised that it was 48-7. to I think coming into the sold-out crowd at South Carolina, South Carolina always can find a way. I think Shane Bieber has already done a really good job with them, and they had a solid first season last year, going seven and six, maybe. No, I think it might have been eight and five. Um, nevertheless, in the SEC, um, so I just feel like they keep improving. And so this game, while obviously George is a lot better, it's kind of something that surprised me. Um, that the fact it was so far away, and and they're only a few years removed from beating Georgia, so I feel like they almost know what to do with Georgia. So, I mean, I guess you can kind of move it over from coaching changes, but, um, but yeah, I'm really just surprised. Not not that they, not that Georgia won, but just the fact that how easily they won. Um, secondly, Alabama beats UL Monroe 63-7. to Not much to say here. Uh, who is who's you? Who is UL Monroe? I know it's Louisiana Monroe, but like, really, like, who is that? Um, not surprised it was a uh, 63 to seven. 
Um, number three, Ohio State beats Toledo 77-21. to C.J. Stroud right now is probably my Heisman favorite at the moment. He had 367 yards. He had five touchdowns in that game. Uh, I know it was uh, Toledo, but Toledo, while obviously Ohio State's way better than they are, they're no, they're not a nobody. They're not prominent, but they're not a nobody either, in my opinion. And uh, I, I like even in this last game, Bryce Young threw two interceptions against UL Monroe in a game where they won by over 50 points. So right now, I see C.J. Stroud as better than Bryce Young, and I think that he is the front runner for the Heisman, even over Will Anderson right now, just because of the fact that they like to give it to quarterbacks all the time. Um, number four, Michigan beats UConn 59-0. Why is Michigan playing UConn? I mean, Michigan already... Michigan already played. I think they played like Hawaii. Who? What are these teams that they're playing? They're three and zero, but they haven't really. And they're, I mean, they're good. They should be top fifteen. But how are we supposed to know whether right now they're number four? How are we supposed to know whether they're playoff caliber or not by playing UConn, who's ranked as one of the worst teams in college football last year, and then Hawaii, who I think won like maybe two or three games last year. So really, um. Make your schedule a little bit harder, Jim Harbaugh. Figure out where you really are before uh, we get all excited for you to be number four because you know how quickly that can fall off for Michigan. Um, number five, Clemson beats uh, Louisiana Tech 48-20. to um, Again, just a normal normal routine win for um, Louis- or for Clemson. Uh, but, but McNeil for Louisiana Tech, he had 311 yards uh, and – like I say, around a 60% completion percentage for a touchdown against against Clemson, which is a solid game. I mean, I mean, maybe I don't really know too much about him. If he's trying to solidify a spot as a starting quarterback, then that could really help him do that. Uh, Will Shipley with 12 carries for 139 yards and two touchdowns. Ever since taking over for like guys like Travis Etienne that, that were kind of ahead of him before, um, now he's really stepped in into that number one role. Um, obviously, we already knew he was really good. We saw what he did, but he didn't really have that big of a big of production because he was behind other guys for a couple of years, kind of like the Alabama effect. They're getting they're getting to that point. I feel like um, they're not Alabama. They're not Alabama in terms of prominence in the last like like in terms of like I mean they are, but they're but Alabama's obviously in terms of talent and 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 just like that type of stuff for the past, like, 10 years is kind of higher, so, like, they have more. It's easy for them to get four-star backups and even five-star backups. Like, their backup quarterback that came in for Bryce Young the other day was, a four star, was like, four-star borderline five-star, and he wasn't even starting. Um, and so, yeah, Will Shipley's coming in. He's, uh, he's playing some really, really good football right now. Oklahoma in the first game. Without Scott Frost as the head coach of Nebraska, sold out crowd obviously is always in Nebraska, but Oklahoma comes away with a 49 to 14 win. Dylan Gabriel with 230 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, Gray Froyu, their running back, had 11 carries, 113 yards and two touchdowns. And um, yeah, so like kind of an easy win for Oklahoma. I think they might be solidifying themselves as a really good team. But now as it kind of gets in to Big Ten play, ACC play, Big 12 play, all that type of stuff. You got it. This is when it kind of starts to uh, f- starts to figure out, like, oh, these teams should be in the playoffs. These teams shouldn't be in the playoffs. Because right now, you really don't know where all the teams stand, except for, like, the teams like Oregon and BYU and Baylor that have already played those top teams or played one or two of those top ten teams already. Um, like, we already know that Texas is better 
because they got that one only one point loss to Alabama. But like with Oklahoma, we know Nebraska isn't very good. So forty nine to fourteen they win. But it'll be interesting to see what happens as we get into more of these tests. And that's really kind of what it is for like every single one of these top ten teams. Like USC beats Fresno, but but kind of expected. Oklahoma State beats Arkansas behind bluff. Again, kind of expected. Kentucky beats Youngstown State. Expected Arkansas barely beats Missouri State. But again, expected that that was to happen. They were losing at halftime, but they came in the fourth quarter and were able to pull out of their butt. Um, and that, that would have been a huge loss had they not been able to win. But I think another team, Arkansas is really kind of back because usually they were, like a few years ago, they would win and win. And then when they came into SEC play, they were losing. and Like, like obviously it's the SEC, but they weren't really winning many games at all in the SEC play. And so now I feel like this is, this year is a team that really can uh, win games in the SEC, potentially compete for the SEC championship. Obviously, we know the tests that they would have to get through, but I give them a small chance like to be able to get into that. So we'll just have to see, right? And so now, especially with the SEC teams, because there's so many of them that are so good that you don't really know which ones are better than the others and before the games happen. And so it's something else to figure out. Um, number 11, Michigan, they upset, uh, they get upset by Washington, and that puts Washington, they're 3-0, and that puts them in at number 18 in the poll. I picked Michigan to win this, Michigan State to win this game, but you, I really um, kind of felt like Washington, this team, is might be pretty good this year, and they came out, they're up 22-0, to and uh, Michigan State comes roaring back, but but they, they were able to hold on, which is a big win for them. And I really feel like lately, the past few years, Michigan State always has that one bad loss. Not This isn't necessarily a quote-unquote bad loss, but they always have that loss that's just going to kill their playoff hopes, that's going to like kill their 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 potential in in like conference play like I guarantee they're gonna have one of those losses that they should have won they're gonna just watch they're gonna go like 10 and 2 but this loss and they're gonna have some other stupid loss um and that's gonna kick them out of the of playing for the big 10 championship um come November December so yeah so that, that that's that's my prediction for Michigan State I always think that they're very good always should be consistently ranked in the top 25 but really they they always have those two or three losses that really just maybe they shouldn't have lost um, and kicks them out of contention for a lot of things. Number 12, BYU loses to Oregon. Oregon snaps their four-game losing streak against uh, top 25 opponents. Um, and in, this is a game where I thought Oregon is going to be able to bounce back. They're going to be able to win this game. Bounce back from the, getting destroyed by Georgia. I know they played another game last week, but um, getting destroyed by Georgia People were writing Oregon off, and BYU coming up all the way to number 12. And I really, I know they upset Baylor, but I can't get over the independent teams, except for like Notre Dame in the past few years. They've truly been that good. But these like like BYU being ranked this high, obviously BYU is usually good enough to be a ranked team, but I really think that number 12 is too high, and this game really kind of showed it. And so that, that kind of makes me feel a little bit better, like they're going to drop down a little bit after that. While BYU, I think, is good, they don't play enough good teams in their schedule for me to want to put them at number 12. Uh, number 13, Miami. Number 24, Texas A&M. Um, so for them, you have 17-9 uh, for Texas A&M. They bounce back at home against Miami. And so, again, Miami, another team. They're like Michigan State, but worse, like a worse type of Michigan State. Miami 
always ranked like number 13, number 10, number 9, whatever, and then they finish the season unranked. I don't know what it is. I don't know why they're so overrated every year, but they're always overrated. Mark my words. Come back to this episode on sept- on whatever the season ends, November, or like the final rank has come out, like November 28th, and just watch. They're not going to be playing for the ACC championship. They're not going to be, they're not even going to win 10 games this year. They're going to go like 8-4, and 9-3, and three because they always fall off for some reason. I get it. I get it. And I don't get all the hype around Tyler Van Dyke at all either. He's very, very good. Is he on the better ends for me of ACC quarterbacks? Yes. But is he a top 10 draft quarterback? Is he for the next couple of years? Is he is he like potentially going to be like nearing Heisman contention? No, not at all. I don't like I really just don't like the hype that every single year Miami gets and then they always fall away from it. I don't know when FPI, college football, all of them are going to learn that Miami isn't as good as everyone says they are, but they're going to have to do it at some point. Um, number 14, Utah gets the win over San Diego State, 35-7. to Not much to say there. Um, uh, Tennessee beats Akron, 63-6. to Again, not much to say there. Obviously expected. Um, and But I will say, Hendon Hooker, man, I was there when he got sacked in the end zone uh, playing for Virginia Tech in 2019 when uh, UVA was able to beat Virginia Tech um, and storm the field and all that type of stuff. Um, you know, I've officially become a fan of Hendon Hooker because not only has did he leave Virginia Tech, which wasn't giving him the playing time he deserved, I feel like. Like, this is coming from a UVA fan. They weren't giving him the playing time he deserved. He left to a better team, a better program, better coaches, in and and better teams are playing against in the SEC, and he's playing even better than he did in the ACC. And so, really, Hinton Hooker, I think he, I think he's potential to get drafted if he can stay on the current tra- trajectory he's at, because I feel like he's playing even better. He's putting up even better numbers than he did at Tech, when SEC opponents are better than ACC opponents. Um, now, twenty-seven to fourteen, NC State over Texas Tech. Texas State loses to Baylor. Uh, Florida almost loses uh, to South Florida. And now I don't really know how this happened, but lucky for them, if they had lost this game, they they would have been unranked. Again, like all the hype around Florida would have maybe dissolved. I think Florida I think Florida's different than Miami. I think Florida's actually a good team. But after losing last week, I think who did they lose to? Um, what was it? Uh, let's see. I think it was Kentucky. They would have been one and two, and that would that would kind of been detrimental to their hopes of later on in the season. Um, but yeah, so that's that's Florida. Florida survives, um, and then Wake Forest also survives. And Liberty is always a team that I feel like they are good. They're always unranked coming into the year, but they always find a way to spend a couple of weeks in the rankings. They are good. Um, I'm surprised that they weren't able to come out with the win. They were leading going into the fourth quarter. Um, but Sam Hartman, they, they were able to kind of step up, elevate, and keep Wake Forest 3-0 and undefeated. And uh, so Liberty, they're a team that I feel like everyone should always watch out for. If you're playing Liberty, I feel like they're never a team that you can underestimate because I think they're always better than they, than they seem. Um, and so, yeah, Liberty, I think they're always good. Good, like you had, you had you had Malik Willis coming out of them. Um, Ole Miss beats Georgia Tech forty two to zero. I'm happy to see that because Georgia Tech just doesn't seem very good this year. Um, I know it's Ole Miss, but forty two points, come on now. Um, 
It's not like it's Alabama. Um, Ole Miss is obviously very good, but it makes me feel better. I think UVA should be able to beat Georgia Tech now, um, like pretty easily even. Um, Texas beats UTSA. Texas coming into the rankings after the Alabama game, and that really makes sense to me because they played really, really well. They they were already they're already two and one, or they were one and one. They'd already gotten a win, and they played really, really well. Only losing by one to Alabama, so that really merits a ranked team, in my opinion. Now they come in, and UTSA again, another team always seems not as good as they really are. But so a twenty-one point victory for Texas over them is a really, really good win because UTSA is always better than they really are. I feel like always better than they seem. I feel like as well. Penn State beats uh, Auburn. 41 to 12 is Auburn bad now have they fallen off is that is that something that's happened is Penn State back as well two questions to think about is Auburn trash now is Penn State back again because again they didn't start there this time but again Penn State when they are at the top of the barrel they're another one of those teams that loses games that they maybe shouldn't lose to get rid of their playoff hopes Um, and then finally Pittsburgh beats Western Michigan final thing to touch on before we move on to uh, NFL I mean UVA Got their win against uh, Old Dominion. I was there. Um, 16-14, I was on the hill when they kicked the game-winning field goal. And it just makes me feel a little bit better when we beat the team that uh, that uh, Virginia Tech couldn't. But, yeah, that's it. Move on to the NFL. All right, so first thing, let's talk about my Panthers lose again. Uh, stupid three points. I mean, I guess that's kind of the, the deal-breaker there. But I blame it. I blame it on... The, I blame it on the fact that the two turnovers, the Robbie Anderson turnover, the Truba Hubbard turnover at the beginning of the game, um, turned to six points. I mean, that's pretty good defense, but they lost by three, gave up six points from those two turnovers. Um, Could have won that that way. Uh, so, again, another disappointing. But I, I still feel like the Panthers are, are a better team than they were last year. And honestly, I'm not even mad that they're 0-2 because last year, I think when they were 3-0, and they felt like they could beat anyone when they really couldn't. And it kind of... Had they kind of had big heads, and then kind of had to reel them in a little bit, um, but yeah, so that that's that. Um, but all right, so moving over to my phone, uh, post, uh, I don't know, I don't know what you want to call it, post Panthers talk, I don't know, but two zero in fantasy, by the way. Let's let's get off on that in my money league. Uh, so that, that that's something that's something that we must take note of. Um, but anyways, the NFL. So we had first game of the week, the Chiefs beat the Chargers, they come back and beat the Chargers, um, Justin Herbert gets hurt in the process, um, Chargers should have won this game, they're winning most of it, uh, but the Chiefs came back and, and were able to, to beat them, and so that was really a game that, that the Chargers could have won, but I really still think that, I know that they lost, but they still, Kansas City still has to play them in LA, and I feel like that the Chargers are still the team to beat in I've kind of thought about it again and stuff since my prediction video or podcast, and I really feel like now the Chargers are the team to beat in that division. Um, next game is, uh, well, let's actually talk about. All right, so the next thing that I want to touch on with the NFL is uh, uh, um, Mike Evans was suspended for one game. The suspension won't be appealed today. Today is uh, September 20th, um, and it was because of an all- off altercation with the Saints Marshawn Lattimore in the other game and now what does this mean for the Buccaneers moving forward obviously you still have the great team one of the better teams in the league um so you can have some clarity behind that but 
Julio Jones, we do not, I think it was a knee injury. We don't know when he's going to be back. And so because of this, because of the shortages, they've signed Cole Beasley to the practice squad, someone that I would assume if Julio Jones isn't able to make his way back, they're going to move him up to the real team to play a cup, to play the next game until um, Mike Evans can return. Um, and if, if, Cole Beasley's really trying to get himself back into the form he was a few years ago. Um, he's going to be really trying to take out this opportunity, maybe be able to stay on the team, maybe maybe have a fight fighting chance to to stay the whole year, maybe get an extension at some point. But him being 33, they might be just be using him for when Mike Evans is gone um, because they have the shortages. But this is just something that, you, that is, is good to think about. What does this mean for the team? next week when they will be without Mike Evans are they are they going to be able to cope with it or will it be a problem that shows and that'll be something that's just interesting to look at um and now for the Monday night football games um you had uh the Vikings and the Eagles um you had the Eagles not destroyed but pretty handedly beat the uh, the Vikings and then you had the Bills destroying the Titans the Titans are the Titans very good because you f- I feel like they're good Derrick Henry hasn't really done much to this point. He's only like he ran for 1.9 yards a carry last night. That is not really the Derrick Henry that we've known about, um, which is something else that's kind of weird. Obviously, he's getting on the older end of running backs, I think. Um, but he's still only 28, so you really feel like he shouldn't be past his prime at all. I mean, we're only two games into the season, but still. Now for the Titans, a loss to the Giants and a loss to the Bills. And it's not even so much that they lost to the Bills. The Bills are the Super Bowl contenders. They're, they they're probably have the best odds to win the Super Bowl. But no NFL team should be losing 41-7. to So, really, is it red flag time for the Titans? They're now 0-3 in their last three games, losing that wild card to the Bengals, and now they're 0-2 to start this year's season. Is there issues? Like, what are the issues? Should they start Malik Willis next week? It would just be interesting to see what they do, what Mike Rabel is able to come up with because of the really the woes that this team has been having. Um, and now, uh, something else. Uh, now, another thing, the Jets get their win, first win of the season um, against the uh, – who'd they, who'd they beat? They beat someone pretty good. They beat the Browns. And really, this is a game that I saw coming. Now, you might think I'm salty because I'm a Panthers fan, but – the Panthers, while I think that they're much improved from the last couple of years, they're not a top-tier team yet. Um, and so, really, the Browns barely being able to beat them, despite the Panthers' improvements, on a 58-yard field goal by a rookie, um, is something that you can tell. Like, maybe maybe they're upset. They, they've upset potential for this week. And that's exactly what happened. I was talking to my friend. He was telling me that I, I thought it was crazy at first, but he was telling me, Yo, I think the Jets are going to be the upset team of the week because there always has to be that one team, and he just thought that the the Jets would be in the best shape to do it. And as it turns out, he was right. They win that game thirty-one to thirty, and uh, and I'd like to take a minute to talk about Joe Flacco and what he did. He threw over three hundred yards, um, solid completion rate, and uh, four touchdowns with. More importantly, no interceptions. He threw four touchdowns, no interceptions, over 300 yards for really what you can kind of call now an ancient NFL player, uh, which is something that I really never saw in him. He definitely didn't do it last week. He didn't even throw a touchdown, I don't think, in the week one against the Ravens, his former team. Um, but then he comes he comes over to 
Cleveland, and he's like, screw all y'all, and, and takes him down with four touchdowns. And, and really, I think now he's kind of settled in. If they can get a couple more performances like that out of him before they go back to Zach Wilson, um, they could be in pretty good position for when Zach Wilson, like they could give the team back to Zach Wilson with it in pretty good hands, with Zach Wilson in a pretty good position to allow the, the Jets to show some improvement from the last year. And especially for Zach Wilson, this is the proving year for Zach Wilson. Obviously, this isn't the year where it's like if he doesn't do well, he's done. But it's a year where he's really going to want to show himself like, hey, uh, this is I want to prove that I'm good in this league. I want to prove that I can be the Jets long term quarterback. Um, and because last year wasn't it, Chief. And uh, this year really is going to want to be the step forward year, at least the year where he's able to show improvement. Not necessarily a top tier quarterback, but a year where he's able to step forward and show improvement. But I really feel like if Joe Flacco is able to put together a couple more performances like that, uh, the Jets are going to be in pretty good shape over the course of the next couple of weeks. Um, and the last NFL thing that I want to talk about um, here on this episode is Cooper Rush comes through clutch clutch cooper that is very cringe i don't give a crap what you say um but cooper rush comes through for the for the cowboys and he get, he's now two and oh as a career starter he technically leads a comeback or not necessarily a come not a comeback drive but a game winning go ahead drive um over the the Bengals. so the Bengals are down 17 to three they, they come back, they tie it 17-17, very, very late in the game. They get the touchdown, they get the two-point conversion, and now Cooper Rush is here coming onto the field in his second career start, and he takes him down the field, and Greg Zerline makes the field goal, and they go up 20-17, to and that is what the final score is to be. And let's let's look at this. Cooper Rush, not only is it a game-winning start, a game-winning drive in his second-ever start, and now he's 2-0 and as a starter. It wasn't just against any team. It was against a very good Bengals team. And uh, so, again, another team that's in pretty good hands that you would that you kind of had some skepticism at first about, but now you're, you're kind of – and I even think this more than Joe Flacco. I have more confidence right now in Cooper Rush than I do in Joe Flacco. And so, Cooper Rush, I think – I don't think the look at that this year. I know he played the Buccaneers, but the but the Bengals were Super Bowl finals last year. He's got a better record than Dak Prescott this season. Uh, oh and one versus one and zero, oh, and so uh, that's something that's something to think about. But Cooper Rush, I think that they're in great hands with him right this instant. But Cooper Rush, that's just something that I gotta talk talk about. Um, no no picks. Um, and and also that 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 punt did hit the ceiling. I don't know what the refs were talking about, but that punt did hit the ceiling. Would it have made a difference? We don't know. But that punt did hit the ceiling. All right, so that's going to do it for this episode of All Eyes on Sports. If you want to send me a voice message or follow the show or figure out where you can follow, go to anchor.fm slash Sports. If you want to follow me on Twitter, go to uh, Twitter, obviously, and go at All Eyes on Sports um, there as well. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode, and thank you for the continued growth due to the Twitter page um, on this show. Uh, it's making me more more enjoyable in terms of podcasting because obviously I, I just want to grow it. Um, but yeah, so yeah, thank you guys so much for listening and I'll talk to you next time on the show.